c'est parfait. So here we are for our last uh, Italian 90 podcast, the final, West Germany versus Argentina. And before we get into this final, which if you've read anything about, you'll know is uh, sort of universally caned and hated. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case here. We're going to try and talk about it as enjoyable as possible. But lads, I've I've very much, I'm getting out in front of it rather than doing this right at the end. I very much enjoy doing these. Meet back here for 94 in four years time. Yeah, well, for, forget 94. I, I'm Given how strong Ireland are, I'm looking forward to our 30th anniversary of Euro 92, which I assume we won. There you go. So two years' <laughs> time. Keep, keep a, I don't know, is, is there any sort of uh, subscription you can do that you can infrequently check back here for this kind of thing? Uh, get that on now. Rush up on your Swe- Swedish beforehand. <laughs> so here we have got a replay of the 86 World Cup final. And considering all the injuries and the suspensions, West Germany and are in really, really good nick. I think I'm right in saying there's only four players who would have played in that previous final. It's still in this squad. It's Bertolt, Voller, Matthias and Bremer. The Germans probably look a little bit stronger when you, you see the likes of Klinsmann coming through in the, in the squad as well. We've already uh, mentioned Argentina are, are just sort of surviving through games. I mean, I sort of criticise them quite harshly in the third place playoff when we were talking about whether they were in the top echelon of teams. And, and even for me, I think they've gone really, really well to, to get through this long container, considering Maradona's injury. And you would probably make an argument only for one or two players apart from Maradona, they wouldn't. And actually, you might make that argument that it's uh, Alorta Chea and Kinesia amongst those players are, are two of the, the absolute necessities bar Maradona and the team. Both of them suspended along with Justy for this game. And a lot of the press beforehand, guys, seems to be talking, it seems to be a, a sort of shared headline that a lot of them have. King or Kaiser doing the rounds that we know Beckenbauer is doing after this tournament. But Maradona is now saying this will be his last World Cup and it's a suggestion it could be his last game for Argentina. I think you could probably say that's him growing wary of the, of the old football life, the pressures that come with it. As we, we've talked about, his Napoli days already sort of sort of starting to catch up with him and, and um, the fishbowl he's living in in Napoli. And it's probably felt a bit like that uh, for this World Cup in Italy. Maybe being around Napoli still in this time has, has just worn him down. I'm, I'm going to try my best not to drag this one out, lads, because, I mean, there's lots to talk about in this game, in the fallout. There's a bit at the end that we want to do as well on, on looking back over the whole tournament. But I'm going to say from the start, Argentina, I'm pretty sure, have one chance. So uh, I will do my best to talk about this game and and give you a run through the match as we have every other. But the level of Argentina's spoiling tactics that have gone on here, essentially Argentina are are, are a little bit like I criticised Colombia for earlier in the tournament, actually. They've completely just nullified and they're hoping basically Maradona can do something when the Germans make an error. The Germans don't make an error. So at some point, Argentina are going to crack. Uh, Voller has, has the first real big chance of the game. A, a beautiful cross from Klinsman from a free kick is, is just out of his reach. And he, he gets his foot on it, but it flies over. And this is the beginning of somewhat torturous error, error and a half for Rudy Voller, where if you can take that chance there, cross in, lovely cross, he just is out of reach for it. Just sort of multiply that by about six, and you've got... Uh, 
you got Rudy Waller's game here down. He has a bit of a mare, to be honest. Argentina are so far back. They're so deep in the pitch that there's times you're looking at the likes of Bremer again, our, what do we call him? Our, our left adventurer or something to that. I mean, no better game for, for that to be true. He, he picks the ball up in the left back area. So essentially runs on challenge for about 40 yards and then makes a cross again, nearly finds Baller, but he gets his feet all wrong. Maradona's one chance comes, uh, I think it's just at the end of the first half. At this point, the commentators are talking about how much of a travesty it would have been had Maradona scored. I mean, that tells you everything about it. The commentators are ready to cane him in case it goes in. It's a looping free kick. It goes over the, the wall. It doesn't get anywhere near Ilgner. And uh, that's it. Second half is, is pretty much the same. Lidvarsky running down the left-hand side. Apparently, Argentina haven't got anyone on the right-hand side of the pitch at all. Uh, Lidvarsky runs straight up that way. He, he then dri- cuts inside and dribbles past two Argentinians. I suppose just for the fun of it. It seems like he hasn't dribbled past anyone in a while. He cuts inside and, and just hits it the wrong side off the post. Bertholdt then has a header flashed over from another Klinsman free kick. Again, just out of his reach. It seems like if those crosses were just a little bit more accurate, Germany would be maybe one or two up. Standout moment of the game probably comes in a, a fairly bizarre incident. It kind of reminds me, Turlock, of the third place playoff incident where you mentioned Chilton coming out and possibly fouling. There's a deep cross that comes in and finds Ogden Tyler. He, he looks offside at this point as well, which kind of goes in with the Baggio thing as well. Uh, but he's one-on-one with the goalkeeper. He essentially fails to get a shot away. I don't know why he doesn't. He should really hit a goalward, considering the sort of half chances that have been in this game. But he goes to go around Garcachea, who, who comes to collect. It looks a little bit of a dive, I must say. I don't know if, if, if you guys agree. Yeah, it, it, it certainly didn't look like a clear-cut penalty to me. It's a little bit iffy. would have been very, very harsh to, to end it, I thought, on a penalty like that for Gargachea. And bizarrely, when the penalty isn't given, one of the Argentinian defenders nearly whacks it into his own net. I think it's Lorenzo. There's someone on the line. Eamon Dunphy's favourite player. Yeah, <laughs> but it, essentially, it's it's... He kicks it directly back. like So there's nearly a penalty. At this point, Argentina just go mental, try and kick it in their own net, and it's cleared off the line. It really is one of the, the stranger incidents I've seen in, in a tournament full of this kind of thing. The significant introduction then of Pedro Monzon has to be spoken about at this point. He's barely on the pitch, I think about 10, 15 minutes, when, when Klinsman is charging down the right-hand side with Voller and Litvarski and an absolute deluge of Argentinians in the middle probably just stay with him. Monzon instead sort of lunges in as, as Klinsman is sort of running towards the byline to cross into these guys. Monzon fouls him all right. On first glance, you're thinking that looks a yellow. Uh, but our old friend referee, uh, Condensi Mendez, uh, sends him off for the first ever red card in a World Cup final. And watching it back, I mean, Monzon throws his whole body into it. It's a scandalous attempt for a tackle. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous simulation, as we'd call it these days. Um, it's a kind of full-body jackknife. Uh, I, I would almost yeah, just give a yellow on principle for that. I think we've kind of picked out from this referee's previous games that he kind of he loves a big decision and being in the middle of a big decision. Yeah. I, I hate saying that about refs because people always say kind of, you know, managers are always criticising refs for being in the centre of attention. But I think in this case, in the one of the few cases, I think it's completely justified. Well, look at the way he awards the red card. He does a full, it's like a Mexican wave that starts at his shins and works its way up right through his spine. He shivers that red card out. He can't wait. It's like, do you ever see that episode of Spaced where um, 
the the Simon Pegg comedy where they go to a rave club and uh, Mike gets up on the stage and starts doing all these military kind of poses to the A-team music. It reminds me of that. It's just all right angles all over the place. Well, Argentinians are protesting absolutely furiously and aggressively because I think they already know they're up against it and they're thinking one wrong decision against us and we're done and and they're probably thinking that's come. Ten minutes later, uh, they lose their heads again though. Um, Lothar Mateus picks it up on the halfway line. He, he charges straight at the heart of the Argentinian defence. He draws one player out. Voller makes a run inside. Mateus feeds him the ball, and Voller is brought down uh, with just seven minutes left in the game. Am I right in saying straight up this is a dive by Rudy by Rudy Voller? It's a dive. I think since I don't know whether Sensini's unlucky here, but I think the contact is possibly with the upper body rather than with the leg. Um, I think so it's a good think, tackle, though, isn't it? He gets the ball. No. I'm not sure he gets the ball. It's a clumsy tackle at best because he, he stretches, essentially. I think he nudges it, though. I don't know. I think one of his legs is behind Voller. One of them is wrapping around him. He might get a tone at some point, but he's certainly come... Uh, he, I wouldn't say he's come through the player, but he's certainly basically wrapped his entire body around Rudy Voller nearly to get there. And Bit he, of a John Aldridge, is it? Yeah, yeah well, it's very, it's very very clumsy. I'm not sure it's quite as, as aggro as, as all those, but... Uh, it's you know, Yeah, seven minutes left. Uh, penalty, down a man. Uh, it's, it's a disaster, really, for Argentina. They again, they're they're furious at this. The penalty is delayed about two or three minutes as as they try and you know Maradona argues with him and and I think Troglio gets mm. booked as well. Uh, but Bremer steps up, calm as you like. Sorry, who who takes it? You want me to use his, name? his full title? Is it Link Sabantura? Link Sabantura. <laughs> Bremer steps up, slots it in very very easily, and uh, I think at that point we know that's going to be it. Argentina have had one shot it's an awful free kick we've only time for one more red card though De Zotti essentially clotheslines Olaf when he's trying to recover the ball in this sort of mad dash to, to try and recover the ball for chances that they won't create anyway he's absolutely furious and essentially what happens is Argentinians go on to assault the referee if you listen to the BBC commentary for the last 10 to 15 minutes of this game and we've talked about John Motson a good bit here, but see how many times John Motson say Maradona or one of the other Argentinian players are booked. I was counting about seven yellow cards for Maradona by the end of this. Motson is just like, oh, I think he's been booked, I think he's been booked, I think he's been booked. Who was that? Remember years ago, George Hamilton kept calling... Bentner. Bentner, yeah. Every Rosenberg player was Bentner. But we get to the last few minutes and you're, you're seeing the clock tick down. You're going, right, Grant, just blow this up at the 90. This has been an absolute disaster. No, good solid, what is it, seven minutes of extra time? Or it certainly felt like that. The game goes on and I've no idea. I know he's, he's, he's basically adding... It was about three minutes for the penalty here. For yeah, yeah, but oh my God, come on though. Like, there's a couple of half chances. I mean, Klinsman should probably score for Germany after this point because they are playing against nine men. And any time they break, you're thinking Germany should just score. They keep lashing it over the bar. Uh, it, it ultimately it, it whistles blown. Look, there's been assaults on the referee. The Argentinians have lost the plot. Maradona's bawling his eyes out. The Italian crowd are probably happy to see him ugly cry. Uh, the Germans celebrate, and it's it's probably well enough deserved by the Germany team. But I, I think it's not really the final we, we deserved having having put uh, all of this all this work in on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's not the final we were we were hoping to sign off with, you know. 
to Sotion Kola. This is disgraceful by Aydoff. The second sending off. Dezotti is dismissed. Oh, and I think the referee has been not struck, but certainly... Oh, look at this. The referee has been physically manhandled by four players. And if Argentina continue this, FIFA will have to ban them from the next World Cup, surely. You can't have this in the final. The yellow card to Maradona. Pursues the argument and another booking, I think, almost certainly. It may even have been Maradona. It's interesting listening to the BBC commentary that John Watson is apoplectic for most of the second half. He's talking about Argentina being such a disgrace that they should be banned from the next World Cup, <laughs> um, which I think is over top. Like, you think of the amount of extra time they've played, the fact that they're not really. You know, they're not, uh, I can, maybe Germany in 2002 are probably a good example of a team that didn't really uh, deserve to reach the final, but you can't really begrudge them getting there because they, you know, they, they were so dogged and determined. So to be fair to Motti though, I think he's mostly saying that in sort of retaliation to the fact that Argentinian players, like they did in the Cameroon game. So this isn't the first time they've done it. They're just charging into the referee. Like, one or two are in his face. It's a tactic. It's a, it's a dirty tactic on their part because one or two are right up in his face and some guy comes from nowhere, like right at the back, slams into the referee and then walks <laughs> off. So he can't be booked or caught, basically. But it's, it's, it is filthy, like. It's the whole Alex Ferguson thing complaining about. I think it was, they played Bayern in a, I want to say, a European Cup quarterfinal or something. I thought you were and he's complaining have... about all the German players surrounding the referee. Which has been their tactic ever since Roy Keane got there to surround the referee anytime anything happens. What are your thoughts, Sherlock, on, on this then? Obviously, you'd have watched the final. Do you remember it being god-awful? Yeah. I mean, when the commentators are saying that every 30 seconds, you can't really draw, <laughs> draw any other conclusion. Um, I think it might be my fault, actually, because I remember doing a, doing a crude <laughs> painting of the final the day before, which was of... Um, West Germany being awarded a penalty. So I think it, I don't know, what was that terrible film with Nicolas Cage about that, uh, that child that could foresee the future and make it happen? Uh, I think I might, have, I might have willed this one into existence somehow. But uh, yeah, it was, it was very, it was deeply forgettable and that was kind of the, the chatter at the time. Um, but also, I don't think anyone, um, anyone begrudged West Germany the victory or, or, or felt that they were they were not by far and away the best team in the competition. Um, and they did, in fairness, try to play against a team that had no interest in playing. They, they could have won this by, I think, a, a very handsome margin. To be fair, there is one person who wasn't so, so high on uh, West Germany. Paddy Agnew, who, um, in a, <laughs> I think it's probably a team in this World Cup. We, we talked about saints and sinners. Or Paddy Agnew, the, the Irish Times at the time, religious correspondent in the Vatican did a report on the final and said in the end Italian 90 got the final it perhaps did not deserve this was a dreadful match played by one average side West Germany against a totally negative one in which were it not for the correct intervention of referee Mendez Codesal of Mexico in awarding a penalty kick first compliment I think he's gotten we'd probably never have seen a goal in normal play so that goes completely against um, 
maybe everything Turlock is saying, but I think maybe Turlock has a has a more enlightened view than our than our Vatican correspondent. Yeah. Well, in fairness to Paddy, he was the the Italian correspondent of the of the Irish Times for years and and a regular contributor on footballing matters. Can I just say on that though, like I mean, how on earth is is he describing a Germany side with Voller, Klinsmann, Matthias, Bremer uh, as an average side? I mean. I think he'd reported on the Italy or the West Germany Czechoslovakia game and been very unimpressed by West Germany, which was another game they completely dominated and only won with a penalty. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know who pissed in his chips that particular morning, but um, I think of all yeah. the teams in the tournament that tried to play, I'd say Cameroon, Yugoslavia, West Germany, and Argentina. I wouldn't argue. Yeah. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't have Argentina there given this. They're not. They're not getting any. They're not getting any credit after this game, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, but I think a lot of that's coming from the British media who wouldn't give them credit if they won 17-0 and played no goalkeeper, fly goalkeeper and six strikers. <laughs> they were a disgrace in this game, in fairness. Um, yeah. But yeah, a lot of that was based on prejudice. Can I, can uh, I float out a, a little conspiracy theory? This is Mexico's revenge for not being involved, for being kicked out of this World Cup. They sent this referee in to, to sink it. <laughs> Codesal was a hate figure in Argentina for decades afterwards may still be i had an argentinian friend who um would refer to any bad refereeing decision as a codicil or any <laughs> refereeing scandal or any perceived stitch up as a codicil like well into the 21st century so um yeah he didn't he didn't um escape opprobrium for this but again i think it's possibly more to do with his manner than anything else the, the emphatic nature of his gestures we've spoken about how um Referee Valente was loathed in Ireland and still is because for the Italy game because no one's bothered to go back and actually look at it and see that he had a very good game. So uh, I don't know if that does that does that kind of taint the fact that he refereed a World Cup final and that he got so much grief for it. Yeah. I suppose Harold Webb got a bit of grief him. for him. Is uh, yeah. the 2006 final? So maybe it's uh, maybe it's just a thing that happened or 2010. Sorry. Yeah. It's fair to say Cardassal really webbed that final, you know? As, to be as, fair, in, gen, in general, kind of, you know, think back to the Italians, how many how many World Cup exits have they blamed on referees, whether it's 2002, what was it, the, the Panaman referee, who they're still convinced to screw them over in favour of South Korea, and he actually got done for match-fixing a couple of years later. Shame to finish on a bit of a damp squib like that, but I think it's a tournament overall we've enjoyed. Well, where do we start? We do a bit of team of the tournament. I think, Turlock, you, you, gave us, you gave us the team of the tournament here. You might run through it for us, actually, just before we, we talk about it. Yeah, there's, there's actually a few conflicting teams of the tournament. There was one that was issued at the time by the press, and there's one that's gone down in the annals as the official team of the tournament, um, all-star team via FIFA. So that is a team that somehow contains two goalkeepers, which I presume was the result of a tied vote. Um, but the goalkeepers are Goikachea and Conejo of Costa Rica, who did have an excellent tournament, but only played three games because um, he didn't play in, the, in their second round exit. So that seems a bit of an eccentric call. Um, we were talking about whether, whether Paki Bonner had a shout, but given that his only mistake knocked his team out of the tournament, um, I think that probably rules him out. Django would be uh, the obvious choice, wouldn't he? One goal conceded in, in regular tournament play. Yeah, yeah, a bit harsh on him, but uh, he's now free to head off to Ibiza. Um, <laughs> <laughs> our, our defenders, there's only three defenders in the side and two of them are fullbacks, really. Brema, Maldini and Baresi. 
it always annoys me when these all-star teams kick, pick completely unbalanced lineups that will get beaten by any professional team just by virtue of the fact that they don't have a they don't have a fullback or they don't have a defensive midfielder. Well, Maldini was sent to half for most of this tournament. He was, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, but he was, uh, and he would return to that position in in later years as well. Mm. But yeah, I don't think that's a particularly stable back three. Anyway, the midfield is four playmakers: <laughs> Jago Maradona, Lothar Mateus. Dragan Stojkovic and Paul Gascoigne, which given that Bobby Robson used to say that you needed two balls in training, one for Gaza and one for anyone, everyone else, I don't know how many balls this team would need. <laughs> um, up top, three strikers, um, Skilachi, Roger Miller and Jorgen Klinsmann. So yeah, very unbalanced 11. Who, who do, who's a, unlucky to miss out there? It's a bit of a championship manager team, I think. <laughs> mm. I can't say I disagree with you. I'm happy to see Mia in there. I'd have been annoyed if, if Roger Mia had him been left him. Mm. Uh, I'm glad uh, Stojkovic is there as well because I don't think he gets the recognition that he deserves. It's it's missing Shifo. Shifo mm. was in the journalists' team, but again, he went out in the second round. Paul McGrath. I think Paul McGrath would have a shot yeah. in that mm. team. Yeah. I think if Ireland got around further, he'd be in it. I'll tell you what, if you fit McGrath behind that, for playmaker midfield, he'll do a job for you. Well, there's no Italian. There's no Italians in that midfield, so that kind of tells his own story. Yeah, I think may, maybe uh, Giannini and Donadoni might have been close, but yeah, it's, it's notable that like Hadji isn't there. So when you think mm. we, we're talking about a team that already has, I mean, uh, yeah, Mateus, I don't know, if, you know, strictly a strictly a classical playmaker. He, he certainly made a lot of the West Germans plays, but. Uh, could also play deeper, but um, yeah, if you think that midfield of Maradona, Mateus, Stojkovic, Gascoigne is missing Shifo, is missing Haji. I mean, were there mm. kind of six equivalent creative players at any recent World Cup? To be fair, Haji is similar, they only played three games. I think, yeah, there was, there was a hell of a lot of quality at this World Cup in terms of um, players who were creative on the ball, so... Again, another maybe maybe it does need to be looked at and remembered a bit differently um, from the kind of sterile snooze fest that it was remembered as for many years. It's interesting that it's not overloaded with Italian or it, or Argentinian players, considering there were two of the mm-hmm. one one finalist and one semi finalist. It should be remembered as well that you still have Baggio to emerge, and of course Sheridan, who never really got all of that much of a look in. So. You know, there's plenty of creative talent that that will have uh, will have more tournaments to come. I know, I know who'd make Ronald Koeman's team anyway. Yeah, <laughs> as I said, in four years down the line, we'll pick this up and we'll see how Sheridan gets on in the, in the USA '94. Um, so looking forward to that, gentlemen. It's been an absolute pleasure to cover this for for 25 uh, podcasts with you. I hope you at home enjoyed it. I don't know if we'll manage to make it to another four years but hopefully we'll be able to be able to do a bit more of this kind of stuff in the future so if you did enjoy it please do get in touch and uh, thank you very much for listening this is Maradona and he gets the ball through can he just against Bonner fantastic I said it to start ciao Roma Buongiorno Roma. <laughs> you are out. <laughs> there it is. West Germany win the World Cup for the third time. They take the championship away from Argentina.